Yo, good morning, good evening, good day, good afternoon, wherever you're listening, whatever time it is, whatever. However, the time is relevant at the time of this podcast being released, which is the last Sunday in September. I don't know what the, I don't know what the date is, because I'm recording two days before. What's the date going to be? I don't know. Westway Nissan. Anyway, Westway Nissan have currently got a flash sale going on. This is the last day to get it. It's only happening in September, I think. Um, it involves uh, 0% finance for 36 months across purchases with Westway Nissan. Remember Westway Nissan, right? In their dealerships, Westway Nissan have got exclusive deals with Nissan. So there's certain models and certain types of certain models that you can only get with Westway Nissan. You can't get them anywhere else at any of the Nissan dealerships, right? An example of the savings you can make with them if you go and buy before the end of September is a Nissan X-Trail, for example. Everyone knows the X-Trail. Awesome, awesome. Big old vehicle. If you get the 1.6 DCI Tecna two-wheel drive manual, you can get a saving of £2,149, plus you can get a further four and a half grand deposit contribution, which is awesome, and the 0% finance over 36 months. Superb. Westway Nissan have got dealerships all over the UK. I've mentioned it before. They've got a couple in Birmingham. They've got a load up north. I think they've got Liverpool, Altrincham. They've got down the south and southeast. They've got um, Aldershot, the home of the British Army. So you're better off going into a dealership, into one of the dealerships, and um, and shooting the shit. And well, I'm saying you're better off going in. My personal opinion, they're not saying that. You can go to the website if you want, but you know it's like you go in a dealership. All the salespeople, they're always nice people. You go in there face to face and go, oh, I'm after buying this model or that model, and they you end up getting stuff chucked in for free that you would normally have to pay for. Get into the dealership, go and meet them. They're good guys. I spoke to the MD earlier on on the phone. Um, because he was, he, was, he was back briefing me on the, on the flash sale I got going on. And uh, something else I'm going to mention, so it's separate to the sale, but back to Westway Nissan, I do mention it before. He specifically said to me on the, on the call earlier, again, he said, in relation to Westway Nissan's um, willingness to employ ex-service personnel, male, female, whatever your background is, tri-services, RAF, Navy, Army, whatever, they're really keen to employ you guys and girls because they realise the value of veterans in the workplace. We're good people, you know. Well, most of us are good people. Some of us are slightly bad. Some of us are all bad. We don't hire those people. Westway won't hire those people. I don't think they will. I can't. Well, I'm going to stop waffling. Anyway, he specifically he specifically said to me, and his words were, we want ex-service personnel to come knocking on our doors. We want to be able to employ them. So... If you are short of work, if you're thinking of what to do when you leave the military, if you're thinking of a changing career, you've been out of the military for a while, call Westway Nissan. Give them a call. The MD himself has strong, probably the strongest ties any civilian can have to the military. Um, and I think I've explained it before. In fact, he was a guest. The MD was a guest in the show. There we go. I'll say that. He's uh, Anthony Lewis, Tony Lewis. And I served his boy and his boy was, was killed in action, sadly, in Afghanistan in uh, uh several years back so get on to them they will employ you if they can ring them and get some advice and help off them uh also sp- uh, sorry so westway nissan dakota uk also sponsoring the show today are 429 group 429 group provide health and safety services security services and medical services their security services they can offer security guards bodyguards i.e close protection executive protection security management security audits even penetration testing they're formerly known as selected security 429 group as its roots in providing security services throughout the uk they originally specialized exclusively in close protection but their services expanded into the supply of security guards to meet the growing demand of their clients 
They've got a reputation for supplying operators at extremely short notice without compromising the standard of the service provided. Their costs are competitive and their staff are genuinely high quality. This unusual balance is achievable through their very modest overheads and corporate attention to realising the value of their staff in the maintenance of their reputation. They value their reputation highly. They don't want to tarnish it. So they only put good people on task. They keep the cost competitive. They don't rip the mickey and charge extortionate amounts to make a massive packet of profit and pay their operators tuppence. You can find out more about 429 Group at 429.group. Veteran owned, veteran operated. They employ veterans where they can. Uh, Leavers Link... Their events, there are two events this month. They had an uh, event at Colchester and an event in Norwich. They are an organisation who, a voluntary organisation who provide, um, volunteer, voluntary and volunteer, same thing, organisation who um, organise networking events for service leavers. They try and connect business people, recruiters, civvies, or militia who've got out and are successful and full of knowledge. They try and connect those people with, with, service personnel who are in the process of leaving or have left and need some advice and guidance it's a good uh they're good informal events they're a good way to ease yourself into networking because it can be quite a daunting prospect to people leaving the military i know i know it can be it was for me when i left it was for all my mates when, when they left um so the next event is the third Thursday of October. That's going to be in Colchester. There isn't a Norwich event next month, but there is one in Colchester. They normally start at 6.30pm in Colchester, and they are held at the Officers' Club, which is not it's right bang in the centre, actually. There's free parking there. It's a good, it's a good little event run by um, one of the... One of the, one of the the co-host is a guy called John Vickers and you've also got Ian Finch and Evan Flockhart. Good people to get along. So that'll be the third Thursday of October. Yes, it will. What else do I want to mention? Oh, yes, another thank you to my Patreon supporters. Uh, I hope the updates are. Uh, I hope the updates are palatable for you. I try and keep the waffle to a minimum, but um, you, the Patreon, my Patreon supporters, you, the listeners, and also my sponsors, are just keeping me being able to do really good things. Uh, Care after combat. Um, Care after combat's Gavin Tuak who actually appeared on the show. He messaged me uh, a couple of days back saying. Um, that through the podcast, someone had heard about Care After Combat through the podcast and approached him to be a volunteer and help fundraise for Care After Combat. That person actually came to me first to get Gavin's details, but that's the kind of things, good things you're doing. The Patreon supporters, you are a huge, huge um, influence on, on my ability to continue doing the podcast, and I appreciate your support. If you want to carry on, um, no, if you want to learn more about my Patreon supporters or be interested in patreon whatsoever it's patreon.com forward slash hour p-a-t-r-o-e-n patreon.com that is it on to the show my guest today is next royal marine he's an actor he's a producer and he's a director h plus 24 24 shows h plus 24 with stephen blades Very kind of you. Right. On uh Ron you Stephen Blades. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Um another bootneck. I you must third bootneck. I gotta stop. Oh, There's really? too many bootnecks. Uh have a beer. I know you're after one. Uh, thank you. There you go. Um So you were on your way. Mm. Let's get straight into it, right? You're on your way to a premiere tomorrow. 
Yes. What's yeah, the pre- yeah. What's the premiere? Uh, so the premiere is for uh, a film called a film called Outlawed. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Buddy. Need that for a long drive. <laughs> um, yeah. So independent film. Um, funnily enough, made by a bootneck, an ex bootneck. Really? Yeah. When when see, I got friends. Um, God, they might as well be relatives now. In fact, they have got relatives. What are I talking about? We're friends and family in in the film industry and TV industry. But here's my. I'm a moron sometimes. When you say independent film, what do you mean independent film? Um, so if a studio hasn't backed it. Financially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for instance, Outlawed um, was made by a guy called Adam Collins, who's an ex-bootnik. Right. Um, it was co-directed uh, with a guy called Luke. <clears throat> and... Um, yeah, independent in the sense that a studio didn't take it on. So, as far as I'm aware, it was funded. financed. Yeah. Got you. So, Got funded you. from himself or other parties that might be interested in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's a big kind of action-packed, um, very stunty, um, like focused on, on stunts. Mm-hmm. Adam himself is an ex-bootneck, but he's a stuntman. Oh, okay. Uh, so he got into the film industry through the stunt side, uh, and um, yeah, well, that's good. Come together with this film. How many films you done now? Oh, you caught me off guard. I'm, I'm not sure. Done quite a few, haven't you? It's, I did a bit of digging on, on AMDB. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> done quite a few, mate. It's getting on. Obviously, some are some are little. Yeah. Um, and now it's getting to the stage where things are getting um, better. Yeah. Um, but I think in all, I think, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, someone might do, but I think it's about 14. Okay. But as I said, some of them are really tiny. Yeah, yeah. And and they'll most probably include when I first started out and I were doing extra roles. Yeah. Or supporting artist roles. Yeah. Yeah, but still, it's not the easiest of industries. You've got to get it all on there, haven't you? Yeah. Not the easiest of industries at all. It reminds me when I, so I, I um, like I said, I've got family, um, who flipping heck for decades and decades have been in the TV and film industry, but I didn't really have much knowledge of it. Um, in fact, I think the only one actually of my immediate family who's not been on TV in an acting capacity. I'm the only no, one, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably a reason for that. Maybe I'm not, not, not I'm cut. <laughs> I am, <laughs> I am, I've got, I've got a face for radio. <laughs> um, but when I, uh, when I had some decent experience when I, I worked on Kajaki. With oh, um, yeah. with a mate of mine, all sex Paris, we worked on that, and um, obviously got to know a lot of the actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to go on the set, but my business partner did that. But got involved with the actors afterwards and come to know them. Still very much in touch with them now. Yeah. And the industry, the it, oh, God, as in the acting industry, TV and film, it's it lacks security, you know, job security, and it's a constant headache to try and get the work. And you know, it's. I can see I quite enjoy it I think mm. but um, it reminded me of doing sort of uh, work in CP and, and security yeah. work the same kind of thing you're constantly fighting to to get not noticed but get a decent contract they seem to be more or less short term and just get trying to get the next the next bit of money on the table until you mm. get your breakthrough That's until it. you get your breakthrough yeah so um, yeah you know what you're doing is not easy how come you um, how come you how, ah, however mm. I obviously watched Recoil earlier. Yeah. I, I liked you in that. Oh, good. <laughs> I 
did. I thought it was good. I like short films anyway. I, I, no, I thought, you, I thought you were good in it. I thought you were really good in it. I did enjoy that. It was a good little uh, short burst. How did you get into... Why did you get into acting? Um, it's something I've always wanted to do. We'll come back on the recoil, by the way. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Um, it's something I've always wanted to do, but I've never... Um, prior to throwing myself into it, I never believed in myself in that capacity. So did you um, start doing extra work then and thought, yeah, oh, maybe I, I could do a bit more? No, no. I uh, 100% committed to it from the moment that I decided I wanted to get mm -hmm. into acting. So my, my first step was I was living in uh, <clears throat> in Sheffield, so where I'm from, and um, through one thing or another, I ended up making the step, making the decision that I wanted to take a leap of faith and uh, and just see what it's like, see what the acting thing is like. Um kind of follow an old dream. Uh, so I just went to a, I think it was um, a method class in uh, in Sheffield. And um, I did a couple of classes there. Well, I did a few, a couple of months. And then I realized, like, this is what I want to do, but I can't do it here. I need to go to the hub, mm. which is London. Mm -hmm. So I did. I, I, I sold up uh, and I moved down to London. Um with the aim at first of getting into drama school. Mm -hmm. um, I applied uh, for a few of them, um, auditioned for a few. Um, and it would get into the stage where I was uh, thinking about accepting an offer to one of them. Um, but at the same time, I got offered a a leading role in um, in a small independent feature film. Um, and at the time I was very grateful that a director would have given me the responsibility of one of the lead roles. Um, and if you go into drama school, as far as I'm aware, you can't work during that period. Oh. You can't, as in, you can't work in the film industry as an actor Why is that? during that. I don't know. Um, but as far as I'm aware, I'm sure someone's going to pick me up on this <laughs> and say, you're completely wrong. But as far as I'm aware, you can't work as an actor. Okay. It might depend. On on, it might depend on which drama school. Potentially, yeah, 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 yeah. potentially. So dependent. Let's change it. Dependent <laughs> on which drama school. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, some is like that. Um, so with that in mind, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to take the harder route. I'm not going to do the education route, and I'm going to go straight onto onto set. And drop yourself in the deep end. Yeah, that's not like an ex-military person it's not at, at all. all, is it? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I did that, and I got my foot. It was. Me personally, I think my performance in it was awful. Right. I, was, I wasn't ready. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so looking back, it was a massive learning curve for me. Um, but it gave me the courage to, to pursue it. Um, what, was the, what was the production? <laughs> Come on, spit it out. Is it on IMDb? Yeah. Well, there we go. It's out there anyway. Tell yeah, us. So someone can find it. I'll find it. You'll find it. I'm your biggest <laughs> fan now, mate. Your biggest fan. What was it? What's it called? Oh, it's called Last Word. Okay. So as you don't I have said, to talk about it again. As Fine, I said, move on. <laughs> as I said, it was a long time ago. Um, but uh, yeah, and then from that moment on, um, I juggled the the extra side of things. Um, so getting myself on set um, on big productions and little productions, networking. Um, which I think is key. So networking with um, other actors and uh, 
directors, producers, anyone that I could speak to, I'd try and make friends with. Um, and while I was doing that and gaining experience on set and like watching how things worked, watching how the sound guys did things, the lighting guys did things and picking everything up, I'd be um, educating myself. So going down the route of uh, classes and workshops. So I started out doing um, method, um, which is a, a particular style. Um, Explain to me what the style is. I ca- I, I, I'm... I'm not going to get this perfectly correct. Um, however, um, what I perceive method to be is calling upon real past experiences and bringing them to the, to the present. Um, so with me, when I started doing that, um, I didn't take to it very well in, in class when we do it in a class form. Um, and it would bring out a lot of anger in me. Um, and the thing is with the, it's a very difficult transition going from the Marines or any military, uh, aspect to be fair, but obviously coming from the Marines where they mentally harden you up and teach you how to switch off emotionally, um, to then go to an acting world where you need to be able to be very connected with your emotions. You need to be able to, um, express pain weakness and weakness is a big thing you don't want to express that yeah. as a, a military guy um and one thing that i would struggle with is whenever i whenever i was in a situation where where upset was the the normal thing that you would expect to happen in what in the within just ju- no just within my life <clears throat> okay yeah. as in generally after leaving the marines um if something was to happen um, a family member was to pass away. Uh, it happened once, um, and it was a very emotional day. I struggled to cope with the um, kind of connecting to a an upset emotion. My upset turned to anger, um, and I could never really figure it out. And I always thought maybe it's just a defense mechanism that I've picked up. But you get angry instead of upset. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get what I mean? Um, and obviously with the acting side of things, that's not, you can't do that. That's, <laughs> that's, it doesn't work. Um, but when we would do, uh, when I was taking part in the method uh, classes, um, the, a lot of anger would come out in class and it just weren't working for me. So I ended up stopping that um, and I went on to uh, Meisner, which is just a different form. Um Meisner. 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 Yeah. Um, and uh, and with that, um, I was able to, it took a few months, but with that, I was able to, to kind of break down these emotional walls, um, emotional barriers, and connect with my with myself, my inner self, and, and allow myself to be seen weak to others, um, which was a big step. Um, I remember the first time that I did um, in class the first time that I broke down. It was it was obviously uh, within an exercise that we were doing, um, and the I was doing an exercise with the teacher, and um, whatever it was that we were doing, it ended up causing me to break down, like physically cry in class. And was f- that part of what was needed for the? It no. wasn't needed at <laughs> all, but it was it was just something that happened naturally with what we were doing. Um, 
but it was a big turning point for me because anything prior to that, when we were doing anything in class, and um, as I said, any upset was starting to come out in me, it turned to anger. Um, So yeah, so anyway, I guess the point where I'm going with that is it was just a big learning curve going from the military aspect to the film aspect. So what's what's Meisner then? Explain um, to me. I, with the method acting, <clears throat> got your explanation there. I mean, with the, with the, with the method acting, when mm. you say past experiences, you can create those, can't you, for the need. Like, for example, when uh, you get actors or actresses go off and, and spend flipping six months with some, in some group or six weeks in some group to learn experience, see what they go through. DiCaprio did it recently, didn't he? Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis can, is the big one, isn't he? Yeah. The one that's well-known for method acting. Yeah. And then they go into that role. And, I mean, method acting is like is known among people who aren't in like media tv and yeah, film for for oh that's the one where they stay in that they stay in character all the time even not filming which is obviously isn't always necessarily the yeah. case but if that's what method acting is drawing on past experiences how what's miser then um so once again uh, <laughs> as i haven't as i haven't been through <laughs> as i haven't been through formal education yeah i've cuffed most of my mm-hmm. acting career so far and i'm learning as i go along um but as i said with the uh, the method that is what i perceive it to be mm-hmm. um the meisner is uh let me think so it would be using um this is a really rubbish way of explaining it by the way i'm like not the best but i know the difference so i know the difference that's fine you can't lose that's fine um so what I perceive it to be would be um, using a real individual or a real item, something that is real within your life and creating a false um, a false story around it or false circumstances around it. Um, so you can, you can connect with, so let's just say as an example, um, you think of a loved one, um, a loved one that is actually obviously real. Uh, you think of a loved one and then you create an imaginary circumstance. Um, if you want to evoke uh, upset, let's just say, um, you think of that individual that means a lot to you and then you might create a horrific circumstance around that person. So the emotion that you would bring out would be real, but when the director shouts cut, you can you can pull yourself out of it because you know that person's fine. Um, but with, Hopefully you can pull yourself out of it. Yeah, Hopefully. but with Jesus. what I perceived, once again, might be incorrect with uh, how some people, or it's officially perceived, but how I perceived the method side of acting was you you ha- you go back to a, a real um, time in your life when something horrific might have happened and you call upon that as an example which is fine. It'll be able to bring out some real emotion, but then when the director shouts "cut," you, you might not. You might be. You might not be able to pull yourself out of it because, like, it, it did happen. Um, but now I've kind of moved forward a little. I've still got a hell of a lot, uh, a long way to go with my career. But I've moved forward a hell of a lot since old when you, I started. Uh, Twenty nine. Oh, mate, loads of time. Yeah, loads of time. Um, but now I work in a fashion where I'll take bits of 
method and Meisner and use them um, and dispose of them how I uh. how I want to. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a big learning curve. Um, yeah, act, acting itself is is very difficult. Uh, going on to what you said a minute ago about uh, kind of never knowing when your next job is. Um, that is one of the difficult things um, that puts most people to the point of quitting. Because um, when I started and I moved to London, I had to, um, I had to obviously think of what I was gonna gonna do. I'd already been doing CP for for uh, not that long. I think a year or something. I did a bit of maritime and I was doing CP. Um, so I moved down to London to pursue the acting side of things. And um, usually, um, obviously it's different with all actors, but usually people that become actors and that are starting out, they'll usually work um, their daytime job. Their day job will be a night a night gig. It'll be uh, working in a restaurant or working in a bar or security um, because then you've got all day to audition and film and things like that. Um, but yeah, when I started, moved to London, ended up um, just working security down there, doing bits of CP, but mainly the door work or just like high-end events and things like that, just because the CP side of things, um, you're tied to a client. Um, and I found that a real struggle because it's very hard to say to a client, uh, I've got an audition tomorrow. <laughs> it's uh, do, do you know what I mean? Or tomorrow I'm working as an as an extra on a on a film. I've got to be a waiter. Yeah, when you do so with clients, starting like, out, one hundred percent commitment, don't they? Like, yeah, like, obviously they don't care about. And they should, and they so want, they should one hundred percent commitment. And if, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Obviously, they're not interested in that. They want your loyalty, and so they should because mm -hmm. they. Because hey. you're going to potentially save their life or yeah. look after them or keep idiots away or look after e the kids. And... Exactly. So it's, it's. But you want to go and audition. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of them things where you've got to kind of juggle because um, you need to pay your bills, um, but you obviously want to build a career. Um, so it's very, very difficult. So yeah, I'd, for the first um, few years, I'd, I'd mm -hmm. jump in between uh, CP contracts and just work indoors and things like that to give myself flexibility. Um, but yeah, it's very easy to think, um, I'm running out of money at this early stage of my acting career. Shall I just jump out of it and get a nine to five job? And I know for a fact, I've seen so many people that I know over the years make that decision. And, um, and I could never do that like ever, uh, no matter how hard things could get and things have got really hard. Um, I've been way further down than rock bottom quite a few times over the past few years, but the way that I see it, as long as I can work in film and act or create film, then I'm happy. Hmm. So I yeah. think happiness, isn't it? I mean, I think two or three years ago, um, let's think about this. Yeah, two or three years ago, I would have, if I was in your position or in that, in that, you can analyze it. You can 
the analogy, analogy, analogy. <laughs> no, the analogy, the analogy, <laughs> <laughs> the flipping analogy. Right. Like, I'm a, a paratrooper, mate. <laughs> I don't do vocabulary. Um, or spelling or grammar. No, I'm joking. Uh, I swear well, though. <laughs> oh, good. And drink. <laughs> um, is that, uh, yeah, I think a few years ago, um, if I was in that position, so from the security perspective, you know, mm. I, if I was going to try and make it in uh, in the UK, in London with a, with, a, with a permanent, you know, CP client or even just RST, um, you need that commitment. You've got yeah. to commit. You've got to, like you're saying, do the networking. And this counts for any industry, really. Mm. If you want to get, a, if you want to succeed, it's, those not sort of nine to five industries you know cp acting yeah, other yeah. things if you got not fully committed and putting yourself there and putting yourself on people's radars and for security and cp that means networking that means doing any job you can get not being a job snob mm. um you know so if you get a security guard job do the, fl- do, do the flipping security guard job mm. even though you want to be a cpo in london or you want to be on you know um the al-fayed family or you want to be on some russians family or saudi family you know um in doing in, in not being a job someone doing all the other work it plays into networking you're proving yourself your reputation yeah. your ability um but if you don't commit 100 percent, then you you can't achieve what you want to achieve yeah, but at the same time it's very easy to go fuck this two or three years ago i think if i had really wanted and thought there's my happiness and doing cp and security um i think two or three years ago um if the, the easier option, I, oh, I got offered a nine to five, mm. maybe not doing something I really wanted to do, I probably would have taken it. I probably would have taken it. Now, that's not, I never wanted to go and do CP permanent, you know, mm. and, and, but I think would have taken the, the not happy option for the stability. Now I'm thinking what I think you think mm. is sm- do what makes you happy. Smash yeah. it. Smash it. You're going to go through the most horrendous of times, but the amount of the percentage of people in this world that are doing that are, are getting but are doing what they love yeah. really yeah yeah the majority of the time like the five five days a week tiny mm. tiny i mean it's truly happy it's, it's a tiny amount it's a tiny amount you know um and i'm guessing it's the same for for the acting industry i think you've alluded to already you've got to get yourself on the radar and that's auditions and that's networking and that's doing productions i don't know if the same thing holds for acting, though. In that, when I was saying, "Don't be a job snob," and you know, do all the jobs. Is it? Is it? Can it have a detrimental impact on your aspirations or your reputation in the acting industry? If, say, for example, you there, is there a job that you would go a, a, a production that you would go and do that wouldn't be looked in the favourable light, like an audition, an audition, um, advertisement, or I don't know. Is there is there things that we've oh don't do that because it, it, it it's not great. Or is anything on your resume better than not having something? I think um, it's a difficult one. That I think when you're starting out, I tell you what, I can I can only really say what I what works for me and what I feel wouldn't have worked for me <clears throat> um, because. Uh, yeah, the, obviously there's many routes that people go down. Um, some people uh, spend years uh, working as an extra on set um, and then they'll get a lucky break. Some people spend years as an extra and never get a lucky break. Um, or some people don't work as an extra and they just get picked up straight away and they're in Hollywood like for the first role. So it's very different for everyone. But for myself... Um, 
I made the conscious decision that I was going to start extra work, but not stay in it too long because I felt that for me, if I, if I started becoming a, a recognizable face as an extra within the acting community generally at the level that I was at and the production. Uh, what do you staff. mean you started becoming recognizable? In what so way, for what instance, way? for instance, if I was, let's say I was jumping on any film that I could get, any film or TV ah, I see. that I could get on. You onto. don't want to be recognizable as an extra, do you? Me personally, I would not want to be recognized as an extra, no. Um, because then you, for me, uh, I feel that then you would start holding that image as an extra. And if someone oh, like okay. the director, for instance, was to start a, a bunch of directors within a circle um, or a bunch of um, production staff that start recognizing you as uh, an extra. Um, I just feel that would be detrimental because you have that image and it would be very, very difficult to put yourself in an acting capacity and for them to give you the responsibility as an actor. But like I said, that is not for everyone. Like it's, it's just for me. Some, but some, They've been through the mill, right? The, what do you call it? What's the expression? They've been through the grinding mill or whatever. I don't know. I made that up. Mm. They've been through the flipping sausage factory, right? The, the, the actors. Mm. Well, well, maybe the, the lead actors and that. They have a lot of influence. And the producers now, the industry, industry works. The directors and all those. So, is it, could it not be that, I understand you're saying it's, it's for you. I'm just thinking, would it, would their attitude Maybe not be that okay. Flipping it, you're recognising extra. You're there all the time. You see you around and around, and they know that you to get from the bottom up. You've got to graft, and they see you as always graft, and he's always well. Just give him a shot. Just give him a shot because he looks a bit like Tom Hardy. Yeah, well, yes, it, you do, it, mate. Oh. I, yeah, I think a bit, <laughs> when I was watching Recall, I think a bit of Tom Hardy in there. Really Tom well, Hardy. That, that is a compliment. <laughs> I'll take. Have <laughs> you never been told that? Uh, no. Oh, well, I think I think so. But I no, I, I, I'm happy with that. I'm a big, <laughs> from this uh, angle, from this angle. I'm a big admirer of yeah. Tom Hardy, so that's a compliment. Um, but no, to answer your question, yes, that could very well happen. Mm. Um, um, yeah. It's just not the route that I wanted to take. Okay. Um, I just wanted to take the route of... Um, because uh, starting out as an extra to gain uh, experience of how the set works because it's there's a lot of different things going on outside of the acting uh, thing and there's a lot of working parts within a set and i uh, i wanted to learn it all um or just get a grasp of it um but i just didn't want to be i di i didn't want to start uh, being recognized as mm. an extra so uh, the mentality that I had was I'm going to do this um, and I'm going to, I'm going to do it for like a year. I'm going to smash the hell out of it. Extra work. Extra yeah. work. Um, I'm going to smash the hell out of it. Learn as much as I can in that time on set and off set in the classroom. Um, and then I'm going to start stepping into the acting side of things. And the way that I did it was <clears throat> um, 
I started out just getting really small. I, I did this. I didn't do this for long, but I uh, I got a few little roles in student films. Um, so like a student end of third year mm-hmm. assignment or whatever it is that they're doing. And they'll do a little short film. A drama school or uni or what? Yeah, yeah, drama school um, yeah. or university that, that has performing arts. Um, <clears throat> and I just try and get a really small part in that just to build something with the acting side of things. Um, and I did that for a very short amount of time. And I, I very quickly came to the realization that if I continue to do this, I know for a fact that if I want to progress in the acting industry and within my career, I first off, I need to have a, a show reel, which is basically your CV that you can Portfolio, show. Portfolio, right? Yeah. Um, How is that? Is that What's the format of that? It's just like a... Um, like a, in a simple manner, it's just basically all your... Um, a document? No, no, no. Uh, it's a video. Shit. So it's a, ah, it's a video. Sorry, okay. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, sorry. So it's a video. Um and it would be multiple clips. It might be three minutes long, maybe. Uh multiple clips showing you in different Got, yeah. lights. Your range of abilities. Yeah, exactly. Camera, yeah. Um but when you're starting out as an actor, you need that. Otherwise it's very difficult to even get in the door for an audition. But to get that might take years yeah. of trying to get your foot in the door with production companies who will so you entrust did it you. Free for the student stuff. Uh, well, where I was going with that is, <sighs> I started with the student stuff, but I very quickly realised that if I carried on down this route, it would take years to build any quality uh, show reel up because the productions were amateur. In a uh, sense, some, that they were some, they were students. I don't mean that in, de- in some, the detriment. Some productions were amateur, I'll admit. However, there were some student uh, productions that I worked on, and I didn't work on that many, but there were some that were incredible. Um, One guy that I'll mention, um, George Moore, uh, he's a young director, and I did a film with him. This was a little bit later on in my career. My career's not even been that that long. I'm talking like it's been a 10-year stretch. It's not at all. Um, But uh, just a few years on, um, and he did a medieval film called God Save the King. And the, he, that was his final, I think, third year final project. Um, and that was incredible. He the, the the lens that he went to to pull that set together. Um, what was it the about? Costume, uh, it's about um, two brothers um, that are in line for the throne. And, in the um, UK? Britain, Britain? Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, two brothers that are in line for the throne. The father, the king dies and they both want it. They both want the throne. Um, and one of them is a little bit more aggressive than the other. And I play um, the <laughs> Marcus. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember his name then. Um, I play Marcus. Who, Are they twins or something? Uh, no, no, they're not twins. Um, anyway. I, I can't on. remember yeah, massively, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they weren't, I don't think they were twins. Um, if they were, we didn't look anything alike. <laughs> But um, uh, either way, they both wanted the throne. Um, And one of them, Marcus, who I played, was willing to go that extra mile to to get the throne. And it ends up turning quite violent. Um, I won't give things away. I think it is online. I think it's on uh, 
think it's on Vimeo. God Save the King. I think God Save the King, yeah. On on funnily enough, it, it wasn't a big shoot, it was four days. And on the what was it? I think it was at the halfway through the second day, um the director had brought on these horses onto set. Um and they weren't film trained horses. Like I said, it was a uni project. So um these horses were gathered the day before from local farms. Um and uh yeah, there was a scene where we've just finished this big epic battle and my character Marcus um leads his men on horseback through this empty trench around the castle, uh, basically leading them into the castle. And um the first take that we did, um, uh, they gave me the the biggest horse, um, and I can't ride a horse, um, not very well. And at the time, I definitely couldn't ride a horse, but I said I could because I wanted to <laughs> obviously get the part. And, and I wanted I to ride do horses, this really mate. Soon. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> I'm imagining yeah. somebody who doesn't ride horses giving a horse. Yeah. That's a nightmare. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Well, I um, I thought I could. I thought I could do it because. <laughs> based the, on the what? Di- based, Watching City Slickers? Is no, no, what? no. Based on um, <laughs> I YouTube the do's and don'ts <laughs> of riding a horse the day before when I knew that he was going to get the horses. And I thought, right, yeah, right, you need to obviously put your heels all the way in the um, stirrups. And no, you need to... yeah, no, you don't. Okay, already. <laughs> well, that's what I saw. <laughs> and then you need to hold the reins in a in a certain way. You've been watching uh, American horse riding. Whatever, yeah, it, was, go on, go whatever on, yeah, go. it was, it didn't work. No. Because when <laughs> I got on the horse, I, I instantly was scared because it was a big horse i was in um armor so i knew that if i fell off it were gonna hurt um and anyway the first uh take we did the first take armor when was it set when was the film so set? it was a medieval oh medieval. so you did say that i yeah, do yeah. apologize no, no, no it's fine so, yeah. it's a medieval film so it was set i don't know way back um and um yeah first take we we went through and i was leading the way and uh we just had to just had to walk at a slow pace um, through this empty trench towards the castle. And um, my horse was fine, and I was really happy. I was really nervous. I was talking to it. It was a long shot, so... You were nervous? I was, yeah. I'll tell you something about horses. Go on. Yeah. I was talking to the horse, telling it, like, chill, like, stay calm. You can do this. <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, this little Shetland <clears throat> pony comes screaming past the kind of convoy of horses with the director attached by the reins dragging him and uh, and he screamed coming past and I'm I'm like oh my god I'm like well done I'll bat in my horse like, well done you you didn't uh, you didn't do that and he he'd, he'd wrapped his uh, his hand around oh, it no. wrapped it around his hand and walked by the side of it and something spooked it and it did one anyway so we went for a take two I think the director stepped out at this point and um and I was pretty confident at this point because uh, my horse was fine and we went and something spooked my horse um and it started to to gallop and I instantly 
was like, I need to get off. Pull the pin. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> the, ahead there was um, there was a concrete kind of bridge going to the castle and there was an archway oh, no. and it wasn't very big. And I knew that if he threw me into it, it could, it could kill me, it yeah. could paralyze me, it could do anything. I didn't want to hit the concrete bridge. So, um, so I was like, right, screw this, I'm going to jump off. So I went to jump off back. And as I did, he like bucked, he kicked and he flipped <clears> me, kind of made me do a little backflip and I landed on my head, no. but managed to put my hands down and both my hands snapped, both my wrists oh, snapped. Um, so all the production obviously shut down and they were all panicking. What year is this? Oh, it wasn't long ago. Did this film it get made? 2050. Yes, it's, yes, because... I went you didn't to, sue them then? <laughs> no. Well, it was a university <laughs> You could have, mate. Oh, the university. That's what they, they ended up being very, very <laughs> panicky in case that were going to happen. But obviously, like, I'm not going to do that. Um, it was me that taught the director into bringing the horses on set because I wanted ah. to have a good scene ah. uh, created within the film. Um, but, um, yeah, I went to hospital, got my hands got, uh, my hand got reset, and then I uh, got cast. Um and then chilled out that evening and then went back onto set the next day. With two broken wrists. Yeah. And we just dressed it slightly differently to cover the casts and um, swapped the swords for wooden swords. So they were a bit like, I literally couldn't grasp anything. And then finished the next two days. You got back on the horse? No, we didn't have to do that. Oh, right. Okay. No, yeah. And we got that shot. That's in the, the film. They used they used it before. Like the, the moment they... Um, transition into another shot is the moment the horse Does one. did one yeah um but yeah that that's god save the king i think that's on vimeo it's somewhere it might even be on my website uh, there might be a link to it what's your website uh stephen-blades.com you know that is it, um, there's a link somewhere you know that uh horses are synchronous animals okay if that's the right right to, i think yeah synchronous animals so you know you get a shoal of fish Right. And you see it on, like, when flipping, what's his name? What's his name? And now we see the shoal of fish. David uh, Attenborough. David Attenborough. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> um, and you see all the fish, and something will spook the fish, one yeah, of them, yeah. and it all turn at the same time. Instant. Yeah. How are they all doing that? How is the show, how is the fish at the end? You can't see anything, mate. Yeah, just yeah. flipping, being a moron at the back. How does he know at the front something's spooking? They all turn. The synchronous animals. <clears throat> So all up, well, they're not animals. Yeah, some fish. Mm. They're all um, in synchron in synchronicity with each other. Mm. They're they're through different ways through um, just reading the, the signals from. I want to say reading a million different ways. Well, I can't. I can't sense what your heart's doing now. Mm. You know, but they can sense what what's going on. Yeah. So when one spooks, instantaneously they're all because they're all synchronized. Horses are the same. Yeah. And they think synchronize with each other. But what what they also do is they synchronize with the rider. Mm. So um and they've proven this through experiment through, through experiment. They so if you were nervous no, they can you can talk it. to that horse all you want, mate. Yeah, yeah right, Makaji. If you were flapping like a budgie in a oh, wind tunnel, mate, that horse is going, Whoa, what's going on? Why what? Yeah, yeah. they're flapping as well. They don't know. Yeah. So they in, spook spook uh, quicker. They did an experiment with it a few years back. 
and uh, not experiment like to prove it because they knew it to prove it like a, a, a demonstrable thing mm. and they got 10 horses or x amount of horses and they got more riders they're like 20 riders 10 horses 20 riders or whatever the figures were and they were an indoor manage into riding school and they got the riders and they put heart monitors on the riders and they put heart monitors on the horses mm. and in the middle of the riding school they said to the rider right all you're going to do you're going to get on the horse and they, every rider went on each horse twice uh yeah twice yeah so everyone yeah anyway so they said to the rider right you're going to get on your horse and you're going to trot down the center line to the center of the manage mm. okay past that person in the middle that person who stood in the middle with an umbrella closed yeah i said when you get close to that person with the umbrella they're gonna open the umbrella and spook the horse obviously with the fucking rider on it right um to see what the reactions are and um or they might not open the umbrella that's what they were told so every horse went down every rider went down and all the riders and all the horses did it all they didn't open the umbrella once not once okay um, but what they found, because you don't want to spook a flipping horse with a rider on it, it's bloody yeah. stupid, right? But what they found was, from studying the data from the horse with the heart rate monitor on and the person with the heart rate monitor on, so bearing in mind the horse doesn't speak English, right? Mm. And can't hear the person going, right, when you get when you ride down past there, they're going to open the umbrella. But the horses with the riders, where the stress levels were elevated, where the heart rate was elevated, and they got closer, heart rate went up and up and up and up. The same was happening for the horse. Mm-hmm. They don't know about the umbrella. They know there's someone there, but for the horse, right, for the riders who were calm, the horse did calm going through. And like I said, they put the riders in all different horses. So a rider that, I, a horse that I just experienced someone flapping would have someone on his calm. So it was like a fair experiment. Yeah. And the riders who were flapping, the horse flapped. The riders who were calm, the horse, the horse was calm. It's mm. amazing to like prove it like that. It's amazing. But yeah, people don't realize you got to, before you get a horse, you've got to be. Mr. Fucking Cool. Oh, oh, you're, in yeah. for, you're in for a road there ride, mate. Oh, no. To be fair, I knew that. Like, I knew it. I just <laughs> thought I'd cuff it and try. YouTube. YouTube gets you everywhere. Yeah. It's your broken wrists. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I went massively off course there as well. What I was saying was about the, um, the, the beginning aspect of the career when I was starting with uh, student films. Um, I learned very quickly that, like I said, if I continued down the route of waiting um, to get cast in a production and then waiting for that production to finish and release the production, which can take a year, if not longer, um, and then get the material from that and hope it's good on my part and hope it shows me in a good light and then put that with numerous other um clips to build a showreel i knew that it were going to take years um and i'm not one to sit on my ass and wait for things to come i'll make it happen myself so i did um i started making my own productions um i started out with it was it was really a tester um i didn't i didn't know how to write um I didn't really know much about the uh, development process of a film. Um, but I took what I had learned and I put together this little piece. It was kind of, when I did it, uh, it was kind of a, a little motivational uh, piece. I think it's about nine minutes or seven minutes long. Uh, and it's called Become the Legend. Become the Legend. It's on YouTube. It's on my website. Um and like I said, it was a, a motivational piece, but
but I put in there aspects of my life. Uh, for instance, training's a big part of my life. So I put uh, a fit- training. Yeah, yeah, as in physical training. Yeah. So I put a fitness element into it. Um, I put a clo- the close protection, the security element into it. Um, and um, and then I coupled it all together um, and tried to just make a beautiful piece of cinema with it. So there's no story. It's just basically a montage of shots. Um, and um, anyway, I had a, a small production team and we worked on that for four days, shot it in different locations, I think uh, Portsmouth and London. Um, and um, yeah, I put that together, uh, put it out there. Um, not a lot came from it at the time, um, but it was more about me learning the process of filmmaking. So that was the first ever thing um, that I put together. And I wouldn't class it as a short film. I'd just class it as a montage of um, of clips um, that put together quite cinematically, put some nice music with it, and it comes across quite motivational. Is there any dialogue in it? No, 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 no dialogue. Um, so that was the first tester for me um, as a producer. And I'm not trained as a producer. I cuffed it massively. And I'm still cuffing it now, um, to be honest, and just learning what I can from anyone that I can. Um, but things are getting better. So, for instance, I did that in 2014, Become the Legend. Then the next year I did a film called The Wild Card. Now, that I was really happy with. Uh, that was a big, You produced it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a big milestone for me. I co-wrote it with a guy called Nick Cohen. Um, and it's... Uh, basically a gangster it's a gangster piece it's a short film i think it's about i think it's seven minutes long it's only a short film and i wanted to create it so um when people watch it they think that it is taken from a a scene taken from a big feature film they would never think oh that's a short film like they're like i didn't want there to be a beginning yeah. and an end. I wanted there to be story arc either side. Um, so yeah, I did that. Um, I had a really big production team on that. Um, quite a few actors. I had some supporting artists, some extras um, involved in it. And like that was my first experience as a producer on on a set that was my own creation. And I felt at the time, and it was to be fair, but I felt at the time like this is this is a real production, as in the one that I did before, I felt I kind of cuffed it. Um, it didn't have any dialogue. It wasn't written like it wasn't a short film, didn't have a storyline. Um, but I don't even think we shot any sound in it. Um, so there was elements of that that were not cheated, but there were elements of the, the film production that we, we missed out um, purposely. Whereas the wild card, it was kind of a fully blown film set. And I was really happy at that time because um, I'd only been in the film industry for two years at this point. 
um, and I'd produced and co-wrote this film, which I, this short film, which I led, um, and I was really happy with it. Like, obviously people will watch it and people might have uh, mixed reviews on it. Some people might watch it and think it's crap. Some people might watch it and think it's amazing. Hopefully most think it's really good. I'm very proud of it. Um, so that was a big milestone. And then more recently, I produced a film called Recoil. Um, I That's the I'll, one you sent me earlier. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, so it's not been publicly released yet, so I won't go into a massive amount about the storyline. When did you line. film it? When did you, when did you film it? Um, was it before um was it before Roxanne Pallet's episode on Big Brother? It was a long time before that. <laughs> it was it was a long time. I thought she that. was good in recoil as well. I got yeah, yeah. To be on. fair, um she as far as I was concerned and the director was concerned, she held the role very well. Mm, I thought um, she was good in it, yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah. um very good. Not that my opinion has the shit mind, but of yeah. course it does. It's uh it's it's a it's a viewer it's um well i don't know of all i know of roxanne palette is because i don't watch much tv i i I, the film i watch is like major major flipping films Mm. like most people you know i think the i've I've watched the occasional kind of stuff that you do through um friends and that and that i've met through kajaki uh but so i so i watched recoil earlier mm. oh, what was it flipping out only three hours ago when you sent it to me yeah. it? i watched recoil earlier and uh i so my point is sorry i don't know roxanne palette apart from reading about her on big brother and yeah. accusing some guy punch i watched a clip where she said it's flipping it's t-. the thing is with big brother right and i'm going to defend roxanne palette here the thing is with big brother and what the what people are, what it's celebrity big brother right mm. <sighs> man one even if you're not a celebrity, or even if you're not if it's not celebrity big brother, when you're in that house, you will know this from being in the Marines, right? When you were isolated with the same bunch of people for a long time, and when I say long, I will say like for a civilian, I'll say long, you're the same people and you live in with them, right? Mm. With no outside influence whatsoever. I'll say long would be for a civilian some people will go crazy after three days. Yeah. They will go crazy after three flipping days. Also, mm. the fact that you don't know what's going to happen. So you are not kind of, per- you're not the same person. You're not. Mm. You will change after a few days. You know this from in the Marines. I know yeah, this from being yeah. in, uh, in the Paris. It, and, and military people generally know it because they experience this all the time. Um, so you change. The other thing is you throw into that celebrity and you're, and you know, you, you're trying to get yourself out there you know your job is to be known in the public eye mm. and so you have a persona whether you realize it or not like i'm gonna speculate you mm. whether you realize it or not right and you're a genuine bloke i'm not saying any different you know the, the, like tom Hardy we're talking suit you see him on tv super genuine interviews super genuine yeah. i will speculate though that is who he really is it may be super super close but the mere fact is the camera turns on or radio goes on as an interview this that's not it changes just slightly right so when your job is to get yourself out there and be known and be a celebrity because that's what brings in the money mm. so it does whatever you do and whatever celebrity you are tv presenter flipping sports personality whatever it brings in money more people know you the better you you make some errors in judgment mm. yeah make some errors in judgment that's without going to the big brother house yeah <laughs> without you go to the big brother house, shit happens you know i saw it and thought, oh, that's unfortunate um but then i thought 
the environment they're in, people don't understand it. She got mm. dragged across the coals for that. But um, it's not easy in there. Chuck some people in there, it's not easy. Going back to what I said, so that's all I know her as. I've never, I, I don't think I've ever seen her on TV because I don't watch her on TV. What's oh, she on? What's her, What's she known for? Roxanne Pallet. Sorry, um, Roxanne. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, she, what, she's done. She's done multiple um, feature films, which I'm, I'm sure she's very proud of. I but thought she was going to be Oh, good. Well, that's <laughs> good. good. Yeah. Um, but what I personally knew her from was Emmerdale. That's right, Emmerdale. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't remember how long she was in it. It might have been like four years, five years. But um, I personally, and I uh, presume a lot of people <clears throat> knew her from Emmerdale. Um, uh, but yeah, she she did a cracking job with with Recall. Um, and uh, the film itself, um, we ended up. I think once again, it, it was a short film. Um, a little bit longer, so 17 minutes, I think. Um, and this was like, the, there's a big story behind this. Um, so Recoil itself is in the short film that's, that's made now. The trailer is out there, so people can see the trailer. The trailer's on YouTube and the trailer's on, on my website, so like anyone can watch that. Um, but as I said, the, the full short film is is not released yet because at the minute it's going through film festivals like all over oh. the world um actually it, it recently won um best thriller in the los angeles film awards did it really it did oh, congratulations thank you and so you wrote it produced it i co-wrote it yeah i produced it um there were a number of producers on there but i I produced it. Oh, mate, you must be chuffed. I was really chuffed. <laughs> I'm chuffed. I was really chuffed. That's um, awesome, yeah. Very happy with it. And um, so Recoil itself, um, the storyline is basically um, follows Susie and Alex. Um, and Susie meets Alex, who is this mysterious former Royal Marine. Um, and when she finds out his troubled past she ends up being torn between love and the and the law. Um, and then his vulnerable state of mind takes a bit of a turn for the worst and threatens to destroy them both, basically. Um, now, the story comes from an element of my past. Um, the the story is kind of a thriller, a love thriller, love story got a thriller it's got a love story to it yeah it's more thriller i thought yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the the love side element that's that's kind of not that's uh that's not from my past the thriller element of the story comes from um a period when i uh, left the marines so the reason why i left the marines was because i lost um the majority of the sight in in one of my eyes um i can still I've, I've still got peripheral vision in it and like can drive absolutely fine. Um, but for the military standards of sight, it didn't make it. So I got medically discharged. Um, and that happened through an incident that hit, that is, um, is shown in the film. Um, was that in real? Yeah. Cause yeah. I Googled that. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying what it is. Cause I don't know how much you want to give away, right? But yeah, I, I when, when that, away. when that scene happens and it said, uh, cause, cause when you sent me the, 
the video and yeah. the and the password to get onto yeah. it. You said uh, this is like a bit of background, and this is based on mm. some of my dark past, like mm. you said. I thought, oh, okay. And then I watched that, and I saw that scene, mm. and it says about the loss of sight mm. and how it happened. Yeah, yeah. And I, I went and googled, I went and googled some stuff trying to. I don't. How did well, anything come up? Well, I think I'm. I'm not going to say what I googled. No, but I fine. used your name now, which I suspect then is a stage name. Ah, no, it's 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 not. It's it. So I used to be called. Don't say it. You don't want to people, say it because people Google it, right, and okay. then know what the That's scene is fine. in the film. Well, I, I I used I was I was born. <laughs> I'll say I was, if you want, mate. No, say no, if no, you it's want. fine. I was I was. In fact, no. Of course, yeah, do I'll it. Go on, go there. for it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was born Stephen Bartle, um, and then through personal reasons, more recently, I changed my name to <clears throat> Stephen Blades, and it is, uh, it's, it's not a stage name, it's not a made-up name, it's my mother's uh, maiden name. Oh, I was um, going to say, it sounds like a stage name. Yeah, and it also sounds, because I'm from Sheffield, there's Sheffield United, which are the Blades. Oh, are they? So it, it could be mistaken that I'm some serious football fan, right. and I've just changed my second name. To Blades, which I've not. It's like a, it's a family name. Yeah, it's a cool family name, which I'm quite happy. My with. name changed due to acting reasons, oh. but not me. So my my granddad, I said all my family are in a TV yeah, yeah. and film and all that, um, actors and producers and all that. Kind of, I don't think crap, and it's not crap. All, all that stuff, all that stuff. <laughs> all I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. All that stuff. And uh, my granddad's name, he was born uh, Andrew Buggy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Buggy, and he changed it, um, changed it to Kia. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew Kier. Fuck, that could have been Hugh Buggy. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, mate, I digress. <laughs> back, on, back on the recoil. Um, yeah, that scene, right. So that scene's real. Uh, Goodness me. Yeah, is it, it pretty uh, much is real. Yeah, the way that we've done it, it, it pretty much is real. Um, however, there's... there's that um, scene happened, so that happened when you were serving with the Marines. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. I'd just come back. What a nightmare. I'd not long come back from... Herrick Nine. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I think I came back from Herrick Nine and then I quickly went on, I can't remember what it was called, but some big um, kind of worldwide operation um, where I think we went on Bulwark and we went to Turkey and we went to Malaysia. And mm. Some big exercise with the Americans, I think. Um, and I jumped on that really quick, had a bit of a jolly on that and then came back and then that happened. Um, for that so ladies and gentlemen was, you're going to have to watch Recoil when he releases it yeah yeah I'm not giving it away unless you give it away yeah no to, people can look into it yeah um, but um, yeah that happened and then um, I I took a massive massive uh, decline in my life uh, mentally emotionally I I knew that I was After going... After you'd been discharged? No, 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 during So as soon as that incident happened, yeah. um, I knew that I was going to get discharged. Um, and it ended up making me resent the core at the time. Why is that? I don't know. It was, it was a very, very, very difficult time. Um, and... It was a massive mixture of emotions. Um, Had you been intent on staying in as long as you could? Yeah. 
yeah, at that I can point, imagine, yeah, because I, yeah, I, I joined at sixteen. Well, like I was, I was very young when I joined. Um, bloody found it difficult to be fair, because um, it's a man's world, and I was a boy when I joined, and I was a boy when I went to my unit. I went to four five, and um, I I had a really hard time at the start, um, but. I after after Afghan, I felt like I was starting to find my feet, and um, and then that happened, and then uh, I knew the call were going to discharge me, um, and uh, I, for some reason it ended up making me resent uh, the call. Maybe because I felt like they were giving up on me. I I don't know, um, at the time, but that's how I felt, and I ended up just turning my back on everything. Um, and um, I kind of just went within myself for a long time. Um, and it it did get to the point where I started to uh, lose the will to live. Um, especially around the You mean the that, point, in a literal sense? Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, especially at the point where the discharge had happened... Um, when the discharge happened, um, it was such a lengthy process. I ended up being happy about it in the end and just kind of being like, look, I know this is going to happen. Um, I've accepted it's going to happen. So now I want to move on with my life and try and crack on with the little that I've got. Bearing in mind, I joined at 16. I didn't, I haven't really got many GCSEs The the core was like my life. And then for that to be taken away from me, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I won't go into too much because it's um, one, it'll give away if people want to look into recoil, they can look into it. And I'm sure they'll be able to find stuff um, where I've spoken about this element in the past. Um, but um, yeah, I ended up going down a really uh, dark kind of emotional route um i was filled with mixtures of, of emotions uh, and um i wanted I'll, I'll word this very carefully um but i i became passionate about making someone pay making things right the yeah. way the, the way the film is the, yeah and the way that I, I I felt I needed some. The only way that I could become complete was to, um, once again, I word it very carefully. But to, to well, you say to, that it's in the bloody film, you nutter. It is, but what's in the film? <laughs> this is the difference. What's in the film is based on true events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So some of it. This some, is this conversation so, is put in a completely different space. Like I I enjoyed that I enjoyed the film. It's yeah. 70 minutes it's short, so I and I it's when you when people are used to consuming like normal feature length films 120 140 mm. minutes and longer, right? It it's difficult to absorb something in a different format. So short films. I'm not used to short films. Mm. So I watched it and I thought I thought to myself, ah, pretty good. Pretty good. Now now that I know mm. what you're saying is real, elements of in different ways, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the way it's presented is, as put it even above, did the cast and the crew know 
that this is based on true yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty sure they all did. Yeah, Goodness me. I'm pretty sure they all did. Um, I but, bet they slept with one eye open during that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like uh, obviously you were joking then, but it's it does depict what happened mm. in the film. Um, however, because it's based on true events, um, there could be elements that I'll tell you for a fact, there are small elements in that film that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. 100% that didn't happen. Um, I won't say which, um, but me speaking about what um, went on in factual life, obviously I've got to be careful what I said because... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but... Um, yeah, it's um the the film itself is based on um the period that I went through. Um it's uh it was a very dark How dark did you get out of it? Yeah. How did you get out of that period? How did you dig yourself out the depths? Oh, um Have you completely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 out of it. Um cuz it was a long time ago. It was it happened, the incident that happened to me was in 2009 and I left the Marines in 2010. So, um, for a couple of years, I was, I was just all over the place. I found it very difficult to hold down a job or to just live a normal life. It was very difficult. I was, I was coupling with, um, transitioning into civilian life, which is already quite difficult, but I had this massive burden of, um, um of rage and and elements of revenge and and um and anger and upset and i had, i had so much going on and it and it really did push me to a um a a place where it nearly came to an end but um there wasn't really anything massively that pulled me out of it um i think it was just that i i began i began to realize that my life was worth something and the route that I was thinking about going down would have um, put a stop to any future that I might have had and um, when it came to the point where I was starting to see value in my life and see that I can have a future I started putting to one side my obsessions or uh, whatever you want to call them, putting them to one side and and starting to focus more on, on my life. And not long after that came the acting side of things. And I, I really think that the working, pushing myself within the film element really did help me gr um, grasp onto life. So, Do you think that part of that is because of the 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 necessity within the, within the acting side of things and we spoke about a lot at the start the emotional side the necessity of having to reconnect with your emotions and and do things that you weren't comfortable with before specifically the weakness side of things because i'm imagining like from uh, from the 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 way you've lost your sight um that incident mm. that one of the things that i think would have been with me one of the things that would have fallen out with that is the sense of vulnerability and weak and from that weakness yeah. that just that thought that and and 
And depending where you are emotionally, shame, almost shame in it, especially yeah, yeah. given you're a Royal Marine, mate. Yeah. You know, who the, uh, how can that, that shouldn't happen to me. That yeah. shouldn't happen to me. I'm just, you know, that shouldn't happen. I know the mentality. No, I don't right. know the mentality. I'm guessing the mentality, you know. Yeah, yeah. That shouldn't happen to me. And vulnerable, you feel weak. Mm. You feel, um, you know, you, you just feel exposed and, and, um, and maybe with the, with the acting side of it, I have to reconnect those emotions and, and understand that expressing weakness isn't a bad thing. Having a mm. weakness isn't a bad thing. Acknowledging you've got a weakness isn't a bad thing. Yeah. It's, it, it's not a bad thing because, and this could be in any flipping way, shape or form, because to, in order to improve yourself, you have to understand where your inadequacies lie, your mm. weaknesses lie. Yeah. Because otherwise, how do you know where to improve? And you bring everything up gradually, you know? Um, maybe, maybe that, I don't know. You tell me, was, was that, was that part of it? It might have been, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure. Um, it might have been, it, it was, you're correct in that. I've never really thought about it like that, but you're correct in the, in the thought process of, um, the way that it happened, um, did leave me at the time. It did leave me very weak mentally, emotionally, um, it, like it really did, um, which left me very vulnerable to my own thoughts. Um, and those thoughts ended up turning quite dangerous mm. for myself um, and potentially for others, given the circumstances. Um, and um, yeah, it, I, it was a, it was really tough to get out of it. But I guess the the film side of things, the acting side of things, it did, in a way, um, give me um, something to grasp onto in the sense that I'd never felt like I'd been able to connect with emotions before. And then obviously within the film side of things, I very quickly learned how to do that. Um, and, you know, I'm not I'm, like I'm not saying that is the thing that pulled me out of it at all, um, but it helped. Like it gave me something to focus on and it gave me it gave me a future um and it it's it made me believe in myself one thing that the marines is very good at at a stage is um usually within the training element of it is breaking you down to the point where you feel worthless and then they'll bring you back up and mold you into the the creation that they want you to be which is perfect it works um and i think when the incident happened with me. It took me back down to the worthlessness stage and I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, but yeah, the acting side helped. And with, um, with recoil, um, the, when it first came along, the idea I was working on become the legend, <clears throat> that first little production that I put together and, um, Nick, the director said to me, because we were just chatting like this, and uh, I ended up uh, telling him about... Nick Cohen. Yeah, Nick yep. Cohen. Um, I ended up... He were asking about my um, the period when I left the Marines and why. So I explained, and I explained in quite big detail, like detail, because we were good friends. Um, and he said, we should make a film about this. And I was like, no, that, I don't want to do that. Um, and it, it took it for for the next year. 
we occasionally spoke about it and I really wasn't interested in doing it because it was just way too close to me and it was a it's a very at the time it's a very touching subject um that storyline um, though mate that's what I just realized there that storyline of Greek oil yeah that, of that short film 17 minutes right that storyline that is like if you put that into a feature-length film that is a storyline yeah. that would fly. I'm telling you, because there's things that are, are well, quite similar in the past that would fly. But the difference is, it's a real story. Yeah. Be, honestly, mate. Yeah, on, yeah. On, you, no, well, the... <laughs> you mean you're thinking, aren't you? No, well, no, no. I, oh, you have been thinking. It's already happening, is ah. the thing. Yeah. Um, so where he, he wanted to um, convince me to make a, a short film about it. And he eventually... We were speaking about it and eventually got me to agree to uh, start putting something together. So over the next year, so it took a couple of years to even get to the point where we'd finished a script. Um, you developed for that the 17 minutes. Yeah, yeah, for right, that. Because okay, yeah, yeah. it took a long time yeah. for me to want to do it. And, mm -hmm. and then a script had been written and I wasn't comfortable with it, so we'd change it. Um, at first it was very truthful and i didn't like it because i felt like it was some sort of biography and i wasn't comfortable with it so we changed it to more cinematic based on true events where there's slight element changes to make it more filmic and gripping for the audience um and uh yeah anyway we made it but the the thought process from the beginning was we are going to make a feature film out of this and we're going to use the short film as a an enticer for people so we can show them firstly the story and show that uh, the story's got enough depth to it to be created into a feature and secondly to show what we're capable of when you say an enticer for people do you mean what what in uh, studios or because um, you wouldn't uh, want to show that you wouldn't want to generally release that recoil would you because yeah. then people know the storyline <laughs> yeah no it feature. will it will go um so there's a there's a platform at the minute where it we're in talks about getting it released and I, I can't say what it is um but if that fails it will just go onto youtube uh, so it'll just be a free platform for anyone to watch um because yeah Why would it, what do you mean fails and what, what do you mean fails um as in as in the um the certain so we're in talks at the minute to have it distributed on a certain platform, but I can't say what that is because it's not been confirmed yet. Is that the platform you sent it to me on? No. Okay. No, oh, no, okay. no. Okay. No, no. Um, but um, we will release the, the short film for people to watch because that's what we made it for. Yeah. I mean, a lot of time, a lot of money was spent on it. So we will definitely release it. And we want to grip people we want to obviously bring people into the storyline so that they can connect to it, just the general public, mm. but then also studios, producers, people within the industry that could potentially have a benefit of jumping on board a feature. Um, but anyway, a, um, yeah, a feature film is, is currently in the early stages of being made. Good. Um, and the storyline of Recoil is... It's not the full story either, oh, so okay. it's it's literally a snippet of the full element. Um, 
So the, the feature film will be a hell of a lot more gripping and you'll, um, are you going to produce it? Uh, I don't know how things will work out yet. It's not within your hands. At at, at this stage, nothing's confirmed. You're going to play yourself? No. I definitely won't do that. Um, um, Because I, just because I know the, I know the value of myself at present within the industry, as in, I know the value of a name and I am not at the stage yet where I can, um, how can I word this? Um, for, are you saying for, for you to for, play it, it yeah, would have a detrimental instance, impact on that reach of the film? Yeah, yeah, I think it would. As in, like, I, I know where I'm at at this stage of my career. And I know, I know that um, a big name puts bums on seats. And if Stephen Blades was to lead a film right now, no one knows who Stephen Blades is. So it wouldn't put bums on seats. And I'm very happy with that. Like I know the value, I know where I'm at at this stage. Um, Tom Hardy looks like similar. And he's a sport of the bootnecks. Well, and do you know what? I just realised. Yeah. Well, he he's um, he's just a wanted person within the industry. Know, at yeah. the minute he's smashing it. So... Um, Anyway, go on. Go well, on. Go yeah, on. we'll we'll go and hunt him down after this. Yeah, but um, no, he he's, um, he's he trains with it. the Marines Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, he um, does. It's Reorg. Yeah, yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He does. He does. Um, they've yeah. had they yeah they which breaks see, the paras. It breaks paras because he's because he's been he's been snapped out and about in a Power Edge t shirt. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. Yeah, he's been out in a yeah Power Edge t shirt, and then you see him yeah, in the, the 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 Reorg uh, Jiu Jitsu stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen on uh, on the Reorg Instagram their um, the artwork that they've got for Venom. They've incorporated oh, yeah. the Venom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's sick. It looks amazing. Yeah, it's cool. Isn't it? it's yeah, cool. but um, yeah. So so recoil's a big. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big deal, but the 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 big film that I'm really excited about at the minute is All the Devil's Men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's directed mm. by Matthew Hope. And Thank you for the uh, picture, by the way. Yeah, no, that's fine. Right, very, welcome. Yeah, yeah. very welcome. Very um, welcome. Yeah, that is um, an incredible film starring um, Milo Gibson. Um, Sylvia Hoax. Milo Gibson. Where do I know him from? Uh, well, he has. He was in Hacksaw Ridge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. He's just in a big war film, which yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Um, about um, RAF and um, the U.S. Air Force mm-hmm. collaborating. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, he's um, Mel Gibson's son. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, the 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 kind of leads of that. Um, Milo Gibson, Sylvia Hoax, uh, Benga, Akanabe, and William Fickner. Um, and that is basically... Is, is William Fickner the guy of Independence Day? Yeah, Not yeah. Independence Day, um, yeah, Armageddon. The, the, Armageddon. I, th- I think he was in Armageddon. The Shuttle Commander. I, I think he, he, he was in the, the second Independence oh, Day. I haven't seen that I'm one. sure. Sorry, um, Bill. Go on. Yeah, he's been in everything. All the Devil's Men. Uh, is this what uh, the premiere is? No, the premiere is tomorrow. Is no, Outlaw. that's Outlawed. And All the Devil's Men is out December 3rd. It right? is. Look at that, I'm all out, over it. You are all over it. It's it's out on um, a number of platforms. Uh, the, the director literally sent me um, the platforms earlier that it's going to be out on. 
on December the 3rd. I can't remember them all, but I know it's going to be on iTunes and I know it's going to be on Sky Store. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, mate. What, and what part yeah. do you play in it? So I play... So the film itself mm-hmm. is about um, a bunch of uh, bounty hunters mm-hmm. uh, that basically get contracted to take down a disavowed CIA operative. Um, and during the course of this, um, they bump into an old uh, kind of military comrade and they get into a big um, a big kind of war um, with um, this military comrade and his, his kind of militia, his private army sort of thing. Um, really excited for it. it. For me, when I got cast in this, I, I got cast as... Um, uh, I, in fact, I won't say too much about it because mm-hmm. I, d- I don't want to give too much away, and I must will get in trouble. But I'm not. I'm not on the. Um, I'm not on the good side. I'm. I'm on the antagonist side. <clears throat> um, but yeah, when I I remember getting the audition for it and um, got the audition through, it was for a little part in there, which I was very grateful to be auditioning for anyway. I did the audition and it was two auditions. It was uh, for an American part and for a British part. And I did it. It went really well as far as I was concerned. I left. A few days later, I got a call saying um, the the director wants you for the for, for one of the roles, but it's not one of the roles that you audition for. It's for this particular role. And I got sent the script and I had a look at the role and it was a much bigger one. It was in... Um, it's in like eighty percent of the film, and I was so chuffed yeah. with that because. Um, Did you not have the script before then? It must be a really small part. Uh, no, usually you um, when you get an audition through, you won't get the scripts. You'll get um, a, a scene, or you'll get a page, oh. or a couple of pages, oh, okay. a few pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you won't know the full storyline. Um, but yeah, I got it, got it through, and I'm reading it, and um, yeah, I was so chuffed, and then. And then we we spent a week at Pinewood um, Studios rehearsing. Um, Is that down in Boreham Wood? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it might London be. way, isn't it? It's London way. Yeah, Bo- like I don't know North the area. West, northwest. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just put it in the uh, in the That's the Marines and your map reading. Now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's near London. <laughs> That's the plague of sat navs. That is. That's the plague <laughs> yeah, of sat navs, isn't it? it? Is. You put it in there. You don't know where you're going. I know. Yeah. I know. Anyway, go on. I'm digressing. Um, go on. Yeah, and um, spent yeah spent a week at Pinewood rehearsing um, the the different fight scenes and and weapons handling and things like that, weapons drills. Which was good because I hadn't done anything like that in a while. So it was nice to get my hands on weapons again and play around. Um, who was doing the advising on that? Who was, who was heading that up? Um, John Street. I don't know who that is. Um, stunt coordinator. Oh, okay. Um, ex-bootneck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> again, more bootnecks. Um, yeah, top bloke. Really good guy. Um, he was the coordinator on it. Um um yeah epic film uh the trailer the trailer's out is it um yeah the trailer's out um i think it's i don't know where it is you can find it, it in fact once again there's a link on my website <laughs> i'll put everything on the website <laughs> well we but, got um, about i've got about we got a, got a, like a, a minute or so left 
Um, so, Stephen-Blades.com. Yes. Yes, Stephen-Blades.com. When is Recoil being released? Uh, it's not confirmed yet. Um, most probably early next year. It's Can not you, confirmed yet. Do you have the ability? No, we'll, I'll ask you this off air. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Recoil TBC. And, yeah, I need to watch that. Or, no, Outlaws uh, premiering so, tomorrow, because you're yeah. going up there tomorrow to, to the premiere. Superb. Yeah. And that the release of that, um, I believe is the first quarter, so early next year. Okay. That's DVD and, and stuff. All the Devil's Men is going to be on December 3rd. December 3rd, um, and that will be on uh, Sky Store and iTunes and multiple other, I think Amazon, mm-hmm. um, and multiple others that I don't know. <laughs> but December 3rd. <laughs> yeah, it's on my website. Is there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there anything else, right, you want to mention, plug, anything, anyone, uh, oh, you want to say this now, you're trying to be shameless? No, there's, no, there's, there's not. Um, well, aside from, I'll do the shameless thing, obviously, like, if people want to jump on the website, then brilliant, because they'll learn a little bit more about me, and there's the social media. Social media, I was going to say, Instagram, so, you're Instagram, on. Instagram, Instagram's, yeah. um, so that, at, yeah. Uh, Stephen underscore underscore blades. Okay, it's Stephen with a V, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, and then obviously Facebook is is just Stephen Blades. But um, you got a page on Facebook, or a, yeah, 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 okay, page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I think that's Stephen underscore underscore blades as go. well. Okay, excellent. Um, but yeah, no. Aside from that, it's it's been a pleasure. It, mate, it has been a pleasure. Are you, yes, you're a super honest guy. Um, you, I. I'm uh, I'm I'm sold, buddy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really out to meet you, and um, hopefully I I hopefully like saying I got I've got good friends who are in the um TV and film industry down in London, mm. and I hope I if I guaranteed mate you well, next time I'm down there I'll go for a beer and I'll introduce yeah, some of them and um and just shoot shoot do a network yeah network do you know what I mean and good luck tomorrow at the premiere good Sweet. luck with um all the devils when it comes out yeah. and definitely recoil recoil yeah, and yeah. the um and the feature film. Wicked. Absolute pleasure, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And good luck. Yeah, thanks a lot. That's it. Stephen Blades. Hope you enjoyed. Um, don't forget, West Winnison have got the flash sale on this weekend. 0% finance over 36 months and a ton of other deals you can get with them. Westwaynissan.co.uk. Give them a call. Get on their contact page. Just visit the website. Get in a flipping dealership and have a look yourself. Lovely cars. Lovely deals. Money to be saved. Also sponsors today with 49 Group Security Services, Health and Safety Services, Medical Services, First Aid Services. Veteran-owned, veteran-operated. Take a look at their website, 429 dot group is how to find them online leavers link next event is third thursday the third thursday of october it'll be evening it'll be 6 30 in colchester in the officers club and another thank you to my patreon supporters if you haven't got a clue what patreon is when i'm mentioning it then get online and have a look because you are it's a fantastic tool for um for supporting shows like this and supporting other things Patreon is spelt P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com 
forward slash hour h-h-o-u-r and you will find all stuff on there i put updates on there about little things behind the scenes that no one else gets so uh the patreon supporters ah the patreon supporters also get the shows 24 hours ahead never anyone else um have a look patreon.com forward slash hour until next time out <laughs>